I was always the player that, like Fozzie said before, for my team, I would take I would take getting hurt for my team. Yep. Next tackle, when that ball's there, you are getting it's it. It's in the little black box. Yeah, 50-50, I'm smashing you. I'm taking the ball and then I'm going through you. For me, it's like when you looked at players like Roy Keane, he'd win it in the tunnel because yeah. of the way he'd come out and everyone would be like, oh, Snarling. no. He's not in a good mood today. <laughs> I'm not going in for a tackle with him. So you knew <laughs> straight away, you genuinely. This is the most toughest industry to work in, isn't it? Yeah, As a player, sure. yeah. Fozzie. When you get to the point where you're you're not going to play football anymore, mm. quite literally nobody rings you, do they? No. I think if you don't have in mind what you want to do after football, then that becomes a reality check of, right, where am I? The phone just stopped. And you think, where do I go? Are those old kind of beasting sessions, are they a thing of the past? or There's more football now, because you know you're going to get the players that are going to go, oh, well, I don't really want to do that today. You're doing it. Just get on with it. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine you pushing quite. You get up that hill, because if I beat you up there, then you're going to do it again Damn and right. again. You're playing for West Brom. Yes, Villa. Away at Aston Villa. (laughs) (laughs) We never knew what it meant until we got on the coach. The bus erupted. It was like a party bus. Everyone was like dancing, everyone was singing, knowing that we had to go to Man United the next week (laughs) and think, right, well, we still got to go there and get a result. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fozcast. Football is officially a shambles. We have, uh, we're about to record a podcast with the legend that is Paul Robinson. You know, the sicko left back, West Brom, Birmingham, Watford left back, not the goalkeeper, Paul Robinson, who scored from about 90 yards past me. We're talking to the proper Paul Robinson today. And just as we're about to start shooting, I must have had my head in the sand for uh, the last few weeks or whatever, but Gary O'Neill just got sacked yesterday, Robbo. And Darren Moore got sacked yesterday as well. Yeah. Um, what has football come to, mate? Where, what, what, what has it come to when managers who have done incredible last season wake up the next morning and they're sacked? Baffling. I don't, I don't get it. I honestly don't get football anymore. No. With the job that you can do... Then all of a sudden get the sack. I don't know where it's going. Honestly, sure, surely this worries you, right? So, so sorry, just to put a bit of context around this. Robbo, you are currently the Millwall coach. You're a coach at Millwall, right? In the championship. How hard must that be, right? If you're working in that environment to know that literally you can wake up the next day and boom, you're gone. You understand it if results are not going your way and things are going a little bit downhill. So you <laughs> yeah. can understand that. If they're not you going your way. Yeah. Well, I just said to you, Robert, I just said to you, like you said, oh, Darren Moore got sacked. I went, huh? They, they got promoted, right? Yes. Yeah. One of the best comebacks you'll ever see ever as seen, well. Ever seen the playoffs. That is the one of the best comebacks I think I've ever watched. And you've been sacked. So, oh, right, no. both, both of you then. I I've don't. got to ask both of you then. So th- there must be more to more to this. There's got to be. There's, there's got to be reasonings behind for the decision to be made. But it's 
what he's just done is an incredible feat for anything in football. Yeah. I don't, like you say, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. You're losing 4 0 in the first leg and <laughs> yeah. everyone's written you off. <laughs> You've got a fan t- ripping his ticket up on yeah. social media. <laughs> now you regret that though, mate, don't you? Because you went through to the playoff final and won. Yeah. But it's. Football's going crazy. I just don't know. It, it baffles me. I don't. I don't get it. And Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill. Like That's Bournemouth harsh. were probably everybody's favourite to get sacked. Uh, sorry, to get relegated last season. Scotty Parker gets sacked. Yeah, uh, it's understandable. They yeah, got pumped nine 0 It's not looking great. Gary O'Neill though comes in and steadies the ship. Steady There's ship. people at the end of last season saying, surely he's got to be a candidate for manager of the year. Surely he's not gone to the heights of what some of these managers have gone. But to get Bournemouth into a position where they're safe with what three four five games to go that is some sort well, we, of we did the football fill-in award show right and he was on the the shortlist of four Without i think doubt. gary noneer was yeah. on there for i think two out of the three guys on there he was on the list this is, yeah this is this is a bit for me robert that just makes me think joe you know getting into football after i've been a footballer mm. it's not for me i don't think i could live with that uncertainty but I think the great thing for both of them is, is that because they've done such good jobs, yeah, for sure. they'll get another one. Yeah, for sure. You would think other clubs are now going, yeah, I want them too as my manager. But Watford will need someone in a month, won't they? So. <laughs> well, you're talking to, <laughs> talking to a couple of Watford ex-players here. And so we've seen it all before, mate. So yes, probably as well. <laughs> Um, yeah, let me just explain a little bit of context of how this podcast came about then, Robbo. So uh, we were in a beef for last week. By the way, you deliver just around the corner from me. Uh, that is, that's obviously a, an easy thing. But um, yeah, we were in uh, a beef for last week. We met up one night and um, we've gone for some food with the wives and whatever. We're having a lovely time. We're just chewing the fat, basically, aren't we? We're yep. chewing the fat, having a few drinks along the way. Absolute animal drinker, by the way. Like drinking me under the table. Seriously, <laughs> I think I'm not half bad either. Not decent, I am not yeah. half bad. And seriously, he was drinking me under the table. It was in. What was the drink of choice, lads? Uh, we San Miguel. San Miguel, Disarano, a lot of Disarano, yeah, yeah, but a few little Corona. shots. Corona come out. Um, Sorry, what didn't you drink, lads? Yeah, uh, no, it's good. Yeah. We're going to be for, aren't <laughs> you? That's yeah. what it's for. But anyway, we were so we were talking, and it actually leads nicely on to what we've just been talking about there, uncertainty in football. So we were talking basically about the how difficult it is once a player reaches that kind of retirement age, that age where you genuinely have to start thinking about the future, what's next, basically. And you've got loads of stories from your own experiences, but it's difficult, isn't it? How difficult actually is it, Robbo, when you finish football and you've got to decide what you're going to do next? I think if you don't have in mind what you want to do after football, then that becomes a reality check of, right, where am I? What do I want to do? Have I left it too late to do something different? I think you have to plan. So for me, when I retired, yeah. I'd already planned coaching. Yeah. So I went and coached younger kids. I used to take my kids' teams. Yeah. Just so I knew I was out there getting ideas and messing up because that's a good place to do it. Yeah. I was messing up, knowing, right, I can't do that. So for me, I always wanted to go down the coaching route. But you always hear of other footballers now is they get to that point at the end of their career and they don't know exactly what they yeah, want to do yeah, with themselves. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, it's key is that you you always find that place to know, right, well, I want to go into property or I want to do, like you say, your cycling GK. Yeah. You, you had that in the back of your mind of where you wanted to take it onto next levels. I wanted to do coaching. There's always stuff out there, but it's because it's ingrained in you, football, throughout your, your yeah, life sure, and what yeah. you've done, it's hard then, I think, to make a decision of what it's you want you know. to do next. It's all you know. It's literally all yeah. you know. All you know. So how 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 easy then is it for, to actually get a job as being a coach? Hard. Like it's how? Hard. Talk me through the process. If you're not if you're not in the club and you're finding solutions to go into other clubs, it's very tough because they always want to bring the coaches within 
the system to go through the like the age groups. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. If the manager's in there in place, but he's got his coaching staff and he has got no room for you, it's very tough. It's it's a tough industry. It's it's a negative industry is as well. It, it's very negative. Is it like a kind of a network thing where obviously you had a long long career where it's friends that go oh it's a a case of who you know and oh, there might be an opportunity that uh, at Millwall or Birmingham or wherever it might be is yeah. it, does it work like that a lot often it, it helps that who you know but it's also your reputation sure. I always found because I my, I made my debut when I was 17 at Watford so I then got to the age of 33 34 right I started planning for my coaching so the manager at the time was Gary Monk um, who come in at Birmingham so he didn't know me but I played against him over the years but he then knew, and my experience is, he knew I was the captain, he knew I was the type of leader. Yeah, yeah. He thought it'd be great for the younger lads. So I then became the assistant with the under-21s when I decided to hang my boots up. So that was great. I had that perfect pathway. Was he right? You did but for well, other yeah. people... That don't come too often, though, no, does it? No, it doesn't. And you have to be in the right place at the right time. And that, for me, just it, it fitted perfect with where I wanted to then go and how I wanted to learn, how I wanted to develop. Because I always find, as, as a coach, you have to start at the bottom of the ladder. For me, it's that, that's, I did it as a footballer. I had to start at the bottom of the ladder and work my way up to where I wanted to get to. Yeah. So now as a coach, you have to do the same because if you're thrown it at the deep end, you become, oh God, what, what, where do I go? What do I do? It's a, it's a really interesting point, actually. And I was speaking to somebody recently about it and they <clears throat> kind of argued the opposite and said, if you're one of these players like a, a Lampard or Gerrard, someone like mm. that, for example, yeah. and they say, do your apprenticeship and go in League One Championship. I know Frank Lampard did, but League Two, for example, something like that. Someone said to me, but if that first job doesn't go well in League Two, oh, they're struggling. done. Yeah. They're yeah, done. So, so actually, if you do get offered a, a really good Championship team or Premier League team, surely they have that kind of level of player. Surely they have to take that job, don't they? Well, in Frank's point of view, he obviously ended up getting the Chelsea job, but does he regret that? because of the way it went and how it looked for him. He then went to Everton, the same. He always had the battle. He, yes, I know he helped them survive, but then he had these struggles. And I always think, no matter what in football, you're going to have struggles because it's that type of industry. You, results don't go your way. You're expecting the sack. Results do really well for you. Another club's going to come in and start like getting you, go on in, we want you, we want you, what are you yeah. going to do? Whereas, well, now I'm happy with what I've done. So I always think you've got to find that balance. For me, it's... I'd love to start in management at like a League One build-up. I just want that build-up to then knowing that I've yep. done it the right way. Because if I think if I go into the Premier League or if I go to a top championship team, I'd rather go in as like an understudy. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to see how it works. Am I ready for it if the if the chance becomes available? So that's how I'd like sort to do it. Sort of like an apprentice, basically, yeah. earning your stripes. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean. For you've me, you've got everything. to earn your stripes. Yeah. You've got to. And I've always been brought up that way anyway. My mum and dad is you have to earn the right. You always have to earn the right. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Because you could play for 20 years, right, at yeah. the, the top level, like you, like you have, like you both mm. have. You, you don't just walk in as a manager at a 
a Premier League to be like because it's oh. it's a different job, completely it's not, different. It's job. not a player; it's a literally a different even job. Being so a coach, even being a coach, is a completely different job. Like you, 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 you. Well, as a footballer, you know what you're doing, don't you? Yeah. You're in control of everything. Yeah. You know exactly what you're doing. But when you're a coach and you've got to almost, you've got you'll have 25 players, 30 players. Then you've got the academy people. You've got everybody around the building. Yeah. You have to set an example for everybody. You have to be make sure you're on time. You're punctual. You say the right things. Do the right things. That comes with a lot of pressure doesn't it especially yeah, when you does. don't know fully what you're doing yet no and like you say as a manager then you're expecting your staff to try and help you out in that sense of going right I might have forgotten something or is the session right with what we've got to do yeah. you go into like you say you go into a Premier League club and the players straight away are looking at who's this guy what does mm. he bring to the table and, and you've then got to win them players over so your sessions are going to have to be designed where they're at it yeah, and they it. know yeah. so then the players will go Right, I'll give him a little bit of respect here now because these sessions are good, these are lively. Yeah. And that's the way you've got to think. You've always got to think outside the box. I always think you've got to be creative, especially with players nowadays. It's their mind goes somewhere else some, like, sometimes oh, yeah. too quickly. Their attention span so is like got zero. To, really? You, you have like got kids, to honestly. make the sessions like lively, bright, s- simple. Make it simple for them. Yeah. Things that they're going to enjoy. Things that they're going to know that, right, the sessions m- might not be going too well, but you know that certain players in that team are going to go, lads, this ain't good enough. Come on, we need to step it yeah. up. Because um, there's one thing, sorry, Ben, just quickly, because you, you'll have both been around so many changing rooms, managers, where mm. the theory of it you've learned over the years, doing your badges and yeah, stuff, yeah. And, and you've seen so many different managers, and you go, well, I know what sessions are, but how to then physically run the session yeah. is very different. How, how, how hard is it to, to get your coaching badges? Um, it's not hard because it's how, how do you want to do it? It's yeah. how you learn. How do you want to like go into the, the actual, the courses themselves? You've got to be prepared to take advice from other people. I, I found it great because you've, you bounced off all the other candidates that were in the room. So it was brilliant. Yeah. And I was lucky enough. I had a real good co- a, like selection of people that were on it. So you had like Lewis Garcia who played at Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. You had Ian Everett, the Bolton manager, Clint Hill who's at Stockport yeah, and did yeah, a great yeah. job. So Different people, but different ideas. And like when you bounce off them and you go, oh, that session sounds really good. And then you go onto the training pitch and you see how they work and you see how, like as players and ex-players, you join in the sessions to help the, like, the planning go really well and to get the pass. So I found it really like intriguing and I loved it. I loved joining in that sort of stuff. And it was fun. It's always fun, but it but it can be hard if you don't want to learn and you don't want to do it properly. Then it, it can where, become harder. Where do you do? Because you hear you hear um, like as a fan, I always hear they're doing their badges. Yeah. Like how many people are on the course? Where do they do them? <laughs> how long and do they go? How for? long do they yeah. take? Yeah, it varies. So in England, obviously, it's a little bit longer. I did mine in Northern Ireland um, okay. because it's there was only twenty. Whereas you get bigger groups, and I always find the bigger groups it's harder to sort of pick things up or learn just because there's too many people. If you've got a smaller group, then it becomes easier. So you feed off them and you, like you say, you, you take in more when the sessions are going on, especially in like the rooms and the psychology you're learning of the game and, and like the, the money you learn about like the, the ownerships and how money's spent. And yeah, okay. So you learn the business like, really, model. Like, things that you never learned as a player because obviously that was always behind closed doors. But now when you're on the coaching side of it, you learn so many different things. 
there's so many more things at play though, isn't there? You've got to think like you, yeah. every, every single player is a human being. Then you've got to think of the ec- economics behind it all, the he's on high wages. So, you know, he might have a clause in his contract where he can't necessarily play and, next and week because then something it. else gets activated. You need to be kept abreast of all of this, yeah. especially if you're a manager as well. Because yeah, when you've got an owner coming downstairs and going, uh, he's not going to be available on Saturday, by the way, because if he plays one more game, yeah, he gets a bonus say. of a quarter of a million quid yeah. or something it like that. It triggers another year in his contract. Year in yeah. his contract, for example. Yeah. That sort of stuff is commonplace isn't it and yeah. that's a bit about this so being a manager honestly oh god it would be it would you'd just be stressed all the yeah. time because yeah. you have got about a thousand things to think of every single day um but we had we had a really fascinating conversation actually when we were out in ibiza um as normal drunk conversations do go they always get <laughs> lovely lovely um but we were talking basically about the the pathway for players after football, right? And um, how how kind of little help really is available? Um, yeah. Basically, Mahetta Malonga, who is uh, chief exec of the of the PFA, fantastic guy, honestly, and he's he's coming now, and he's he's really trying to revolutionise it all, and he really wants to help people out, and he he just genuinely cares. He does. Yeah. He just genuinely cares, Robbo. Um, but you you were telling me basically when you get to the point where you're you're not going to play football anymore. Mm. Quite literally, nobody rings you, do they? No. Nobody, no, there is nobody to give you a call or to reach out to you to say, what are you going to do then, mate? Yeah. And I think that is a massive problem, isn't it? A massive problem. Um, and I know also, we, we, like we said when we were talking about it, we were talking about egos as well with yeah. footballers, is that players don't want to open up to other players. Yeah, for sure. They hold it in. They don't want to talk about it. And, and that's where we had a great conversation yeah. because... You were saying to me that you didn't feel like you could pick the phone up to me and no give chance. me a call. Yeah. Whereas I want you to phone me because yeah. I want you to learn off what I like wanted to feed off yeah. my experiences. So I wanted to help you in that sense. It's like all footballers. We always want that one phone call knowing that we can phone someone up, no matter who it is. Doesn't matter if it's a player that you've played against, it's someone that you can you can have an open conversation with and go, Where do you think I should go? Bounce your ideas off them, you help them, they know in their head then. Right, okay, he's giving me a good idea. I want to go down this route. And but the, that was the hardest thing for me is no one phoned me. I paid all this money into the PFA and not once did I have a phone call from these people and say, right, what pathway do you want to go down? How how much help do you need with doing this? Like what are your thoughts on this? Do you want to go down this route? Nothing. Yeah, because we you were talking you were explaining it to me, Ben, actually, before you got here and saying about kind of idea of of having you know these guys are, are retiring in at the end of the season yeah. these guys have been retired for an amount of time like for a company like ours now like cycling we've got the football filling weekly show we've got the foscast we do challenge videos It'd be lovely if we had some kind of avenue where we could go these 10 players want to get into media basically a database yeah, yeah. These, database these, this player wants to get into media let's have him on the football fill in yeah and let's see what he's like on camera and exactly see that. and, and, and yeah. kind of offer these opportunities and because there's there's an awful lot of and that might be podcasts it might be mainstream with sky it could be anything it could be business it could be like say property it but could, even like phone-ins with this sort of thing yeah you could be live doing your, your podcast and someone phones in, like a, a player who's yeah. not sure on where he wants to go. Yeah. But he's talking to you yeah. of what you've experienced. Yeah. So you know now that you're getting that open conversation with, right, well, I did this, so how can I help you in a certain way? Shouldn't be afraid. You should not be afraid of picking the phone up. So so is this, so with, when you come to the end of your playing, playing career, you've yeah. got, most players will have an agent, some will have a manager of some kind, maybe a commercial manager or something. I'm guessing the phone just stops ringing. <laughs> well, yeah, because that agent now has just thought of, well, I've earned enough money. Out I've, of you. I've got my playing contract. So, yeah. Whereas, well, hold on a minute, I've been with you for most of my life. 
and I want you to phone me and I want you to respect me that I would like you to help me out now for the rest of my life if I need you. Yeah, is sure. That, is that what happened to you with your agent? No, my basically? agent's good as gold. Yeah. And I know that I can phone him whenever I want and have a conversation with him. But I know that there's loads of other agents out there that just don't care. As soon as that contract's done. As soon as that player's not playing, right, I'm going to move on to you and I want the next one. It's like, no. Like this is this is the most toughest industry to work in, isn't it? Yeah, As a player, sure. yeah. Fozzy, we will go through some hard times. People don't understand. We don't get Christmases with our family some years because we're away, we're travelling. So it's that short space of time. It's like when our kids are off having a holiday, we're in working. We don't get that time with our families. We just get a short space of time to be around our families. And it's hard, but people don't see that. People just expect you to go out and do your job. And, and, and the perception is, Robbo, isn't it, that... Because money, more often than not, is good. That's what they look that's, at. That's the answer. And yeah. and I think it's important to put the perspective in the fact that, yes, money's good, money's in help, and it level. helps the wheel go round. But actually, what's more important to you? Is it vast sums of money or time with your loved ones? And it's like when you finish playing football, you could finish playing football with all the money in your pocket. But if you're retiring at 35 and 36... What's your purpose after that? Because a lot of footballers, by their very nature, are very driven, motivated guys yeah. and, and girls. So, But they're not going to sit around doing fuck all. Well, not even that as well. I think footballers spend... So, like, same as you, same as me. We're, you especially, actually, you remind me of one. You're like, you're like somebody who's in the army. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though. You're, you're always waiting to be told where to be, at what time, and, and I say, you turn up and you yeah. do it. And you, yeah. you, you, are, you know where to be, yeah? It's, there's a schedule for stuff, always, yeah. right? When, all of a sudden, you're not playing football anymore, you're on your own schedule. Yeah. You're on your own... Yeah day and you have to plan it and it's like do you remember in lockdown when everybody was just like at a loose end of what the heck am I supposed to do here yeah. like there's no kids are at home yeah. families at home mm. everyone's on top of each other and we don't know what to do and everyone yeah. was like right you need to structure your day you need to start yeah. planning stuff yeah, yeah. You, you do school work with the kids between this break for a bit go and do this go for a walk go for yeah. that you have to learn how to do that and I know it. people will be like oh come on mate you're a 40 year old man you know what I mean you know you should be able to structure your day and stuff like that but it's not that simple. I, not when I you've think, done twenty years of it. I think that was my in the in the eight months that you were retired. I think that was one my one of my observations of of you was you had all of this time on your hands. Yeah. And I think for you, you tell me if I'm wrong, but it was almost like I've got all this opportunity. I've got work that can be quite flexible, and I think you were a bit like when and how and yeah. I just and need, it was I need a, a structure. Yeah, yeah. And it was a bit like I'll do it all, but. Yeah, it was a bit chaotic. What, what, it's, it's hard to climatise yeah. yeah. to what you've been used to. So you are, you're like a robot. Yeah. When you're in the system of football, it's like you are programmed to be, right, this is my structure day to day. This is what I know my day's off. This is how I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to do things on my days off with my family. But then you're back into that system of like training, preparing, travelling. But then when you've got your own time and you've got your own thinking space, you just don't know what to do with it. You always yeah. think you need to get it done ASAP when it's, it's not, it's like planet have it spaced out. How can my week then go on where I know I've got this in place, this in place, but I've also now got my time with my family. I've also yeah. got my time to do other things that I want to do. So like your golf, yeah. you want to do you want to do them sort of things. So I think there's always there's always stuff like outside of football that you always think that you have to cram in where you don't. And I think like we're talking about the money situation. It's like for me the biggest issue with like these younger players now is that they they are throwing a hell of a lot of money at such a young age, whereas we wasn't. And it's, they think, spend, 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 spend. Right, well, what am I going to do if I don't make it? 
they've not got that thought. So like with the agent, right, well, what's your agent doing for you now then? Has he invested that money in a good thing? See, for me, when I was planning, it was I wanted my children to have a good education. I wanted them to appreciate the good things in life. Mm. I wanted them to be I wanted them to be happy. I wanted them to enjoy it. But money doesn't make you happy. So I was always sensible with what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like there's so many things that we talk about. We're cramming and cramming and cramming, yeah. and yet we're, we're talking and we we always go around in a circle with where we want to get to with with certain things. And it is it's I think sometimes you just have to have that right, I don't know what to do with myself now, so I'm going to space out all these things and not try and cram it in in one all spot. In one go. I think it's Take quite industry-specific as well. Because yeah. there's so because football is awash with money, yeah. it, you don't have to, or people think you don't have to. You look at rugby as a sport, and we, we live in Leamington. What Wasps were, were kind of, um, a lot of players used to knock around, and in the afternoons, you would see them in coffee shops studying. Yeah. Uh, and I know that some were doing a plumbing course, some were doing degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that was almost like because they had to. Yeah. They they really had they, they, to. I think footballers get sold a bit more of a dream, don't they? Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially these young kids nowadays. Like They see the big boys earning the big money with the big cars and the wash bags and the watches and all. And they're like, yeah, that's going to be me. That's not... But it don't work like that. It's so mm. hard. Going back to the agent talk as well, I just feel like agents just need to be held to much more account. They mm, do. They I need agree. to be accountable for everything. So, like Welfare-wise. Well, everything, everything. I mean, yeah. absolutely everything. If if you're, if you've been a player's agent for X amount of years and they've earned so much money from these players, right, then surely when football stops, they don't just get to wash their hands of you and go, well, I've milked that cow enough now. I ain't going to make no more money from him, so I'll just move on. Do you know what I mean? I'll just put him to the side. No chance. That should He should be duty-bound to therefore from that point on go, right, come on, I'm going to look after you. We need to get you doing this and doing that. Here are yeah. the options available. And what, like I say, I'll go back to that fascinating conversation we had earlier, uh, sorry, when we were out in Ibiza, was... We we came up with like we came up amongst this, which I actually think is a banger, right? <laughs> Honestly, it's a banger of an idea. I promise you, right? So much so that I rung Maheta, I rung Maheta Malonga at the PFA, and I said, "Mate, I've got we, we've me and Robbo have come up with an idea." Okay, so when footballers are coming to the end of their career, right? Talking players who might possibly retire, players that are definitely retiring, players that have already been retired, there should be some sort of database set up, right? A footballer database where. They can go and register what they're interested in. Where, what, what's next, basically? Do you want to go to university and learn something? Do you want to learn a trade? Do you want to do media? Do you like I say it could be property, it could be business, it could be whatever, right? But you put your name in those applicable lists, yeah, mm. and then everybody else in that world. So whether you're in the media world, a broadcaster, for example, could go right. Let's have a little look at the list of footballers who are available for jobs and want to work and get into the media industry. It could be. It could be. Chelsea versus Cheltenham on a Saturday afternoon, yeah? Oh, look, he used to play for Cheltenham, actually. Um, why don't we get him? Do you know what I mean? Should we, have a, should we reach out to him, see if he's available? He can do the game on the Saturday because he, he knows the club yeah. inside out. That's the sort of thing we came up with that I think it would just be so much better. But, you, but in the first instance, you need somebody to put that phone call in. And yeah. you were saying quite like vehemently, what's the word that is, by the way, that you would love to be that guy because... I would I would have loved somebody to genuinely reach out to me and ring me and go, "Hi mate, listen, it's Paul Robinson here. Um, just want to know what's next, basically. What you're thinking? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because we can we can genuinely help you. I've been there, mate. I've fucking I've shit myself like everybody mm. else is. Put your ego aside for a little bit. Honestly, what do you want to do next? Yeah, and that, and that's the biggest thing for me is what do you want to do next? But it also has got to come for that person. 
that person has got to be prepared to go, right, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I've, I've, I've retired. I've, I don't know what I want, where I want to go, but now you've given me ideas, but then that's when you help them. That's when you keep pushing it and pushing it to get them to do them things. And that's where I don't think there's enough help in constantly going, do you know what? I'm going to phone him again. I'm going to phone him again and see what he's doing. It's, it's that one phone call or no phone call yeah. and it's left. Right, okay, don't want to do it. But you have to keep, you, you have do. to keep chasing. You have to keep pushing. And yeah, for, and that's where my biggest problem is: is that, that that there's not enough following up with it. There's not enough checking in on it. And we we've like we've all seen it: suicides yeah. in football. Mm. People can't cope. People don't know what to do. And it comes to the point where they've got families, and 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 they are at that point where they're going. Well, I don't know where to go. And that's mm. where they need people on the end of a phone to go. Right, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Right, we can help you. As soon as you know, we can help you. That light bulb then turns on. Yeah. And, go, oh, and right, it's like you say, the, the onus down, is almost on, down that route. It's almost like this liaison person, and it, it could be ringing a recently retired, and it's like, listen, let's meet for a coffee. What right properties of interest? Right, I've got these courses here. We can look at this. Yeah. We can yeah. look at a placement, or I know whatever it might be. But it's giving the players options, uh, isn't just it? When we were talking about it, though, uh, like, Robo, you were saying I, I would do that. I would love to be able to do that. Literally, give me a list of twenty people who I need to call today, right? And I will. Ring them. I'd send them a text message. I'll slide into their DMs on Instagram if you want me to, right? <laughs> Whatever it is. But I kept thinking, do you know what? Robert would be like, you're man-made for this. Genuinely, because mm. everybody knows what you are. They know who you are. Yeah. Like, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily talking about Paul Robinson, the footballer, but they know who you are as a person. Mm. You're that honest, hard-working, you know what I mean? You just do it properly. Like I, I don't know if I said this at the beginning of the podcast, but he's the sort of player that when I, when he was playing, I would have loved to play alongside him. I would. You remind me of like a, a Craig Dawson or something. Somebody who just does it properly, Yeah, gets stuck in. Just wants to win for the team, and that's the that's the sort of person that I want in the future, trying to look after me and look after other players as well. So, I'm going to throw your name in the ring, all right? I'm throwing Paul Robinson yeah. in the ring. But also, again. It's, but also, I think it's I wouldn't give up until that person's got what he needed. Yeah, I wouldn't leave it until I know I'm satisfied. I've done everything I can. I've nudged him. I've nudged him. I've nudged that person. No matter who it is, right? I've got them doing this now. Great. On to the next one. So you just keep doing it. You have to keep doing it. Yeah. You can't just give up. And you mentioned as well the suicide, and that that's that's the that's the worst case scenario. But even along the way, the mental health side of it and mm. how it affects you and impacts your life, and then uh, like the the knock on effect of impacting your family, it's massive, isn't it? Like yeah. guaranteed, there's players who, you know, we're at the point of the season now where players who might have been out of contract or might be coming to that retirement age now are in a real pickle aren't they they're kind of thinking shit what is next for me nobody's coming for me yet yeah what do i do yeah. and that's the bit there where it would be so nice to have that phone call wouldn't it oh it'd be lovely to have a phone call like you say to just to have the conversation of what do you want to do where do you want to go yeah and for me that was the most important thing is i already knew what i wanted to do but to have the conversation on the end of the line and go through it with someone would then it would have been easier for me then knowing yeah, that I'd spoke yeah, yeah. to someone. But I, I grew up with Grant Taylor. So I had a great mentor, Kenny Jacket. So I, I had a real, for me, they were really good communicators. So I found throughout my career, that's what I love doing. Yeah. And that's why when I was playing, I always found like I was coaching because I was communicating. But like you say, I always wanted to like Fozzie, if he wanted to call me and go, Robbo, look, I'm really like, don't know where I'm at or what, where I would need to go. I go. I'll meet you for a coffee, and we'll go and have a chat. What do you want to do? And yeah. we go through things. It's like it's just someone will phone you and go. Will you meet me and go through things? I'm not yeah. sure where I want to go. And it could be even from a. It, maybe it is coaching. It could be. Listen, there's a, a a grassroots team that need a bit of 
bit yeah, of a stick. Just turn up it's start in there because, yeah. like you say, it might not be financial. It might be a, a purpose thing. It might be a training requirement. Like, do you know what? Start off doing a bit of coaching here, and it could be at any level, really. Mm. But like you said, it's, it's learning how to structure sessions, learning how to deal with people. You know, you from pro level down to grassroots. Roots. There's always arseholes in teams. Isn't Damn there? right, there so, is as well. So it's learning that whole process. So at what age? So you retired what at thir- four, 39? 39. Not bad innings. Oh, that's a good innings. Good innings, innings that, that, you know. Still had that good engine, going, though. Yeah. Yeah. Still had that. Made your debut at 17? 17, yeah, at Watford, yeah. Yeah, so come through the academy there. Um, Graham Taylor threw me in at the deep end. Uh, it was either sink or swim for me, and it was, right, I'm ready. I want to have a go. Um, wow. And So what age did you start genuinely thinking, right, I need to think about what, what's next for me? Uh, 33, well... I'll tell a story because I'm, I'm sure a few players will go through this. So I was at Bolton, 2011, I signed for Bolton and I was there for three years and um, it got to the end of my contract at Bolton. I didn't want to sign a new one because I wanted to be back close to family who lived in the Midlands and the phone didn't ring. My agent was phoning players. I was going in on trial to clubs, wasn't getting wasn't getting anywhere. Do you have um, an MLS? Didn't you train um, MLS? I went MLS. Over, yeah, because Paul Dick, um, Danny Dickio, remember Danny yeah, Dickio, yeah, yeah, yeah. West Brom, who I played yeah. with as well. He was at Toronto at the time and Paul Mariner was the manager. Um, and he said, look, Robbo, he said, manager wants you to come out. He wants to have a look at you for five days. Like, we'll fly the family out. Um, uh, we'll, we'll look after you. We'll show you around everywhere and see what, you, see what your thoughts are. And it was a big decision to make. So me, Caroline, my two eldest, Luke and Jamie, we flew out to Toronto, spent five amazing days out there. We saw some beautiful sights. Uh, the facilities were incredible and I fell in love with it. But what I wasn't thinking about was my family, is that we're moving over the other side of the world. And when you move as a player, when you're at Watford and you move to West Brom, you've moved away from your family. So there's that disconnect already because you've got no one around the corner to look after the yeah, kids when you no want to look after network, them. Yeah. So my wife struggled I struggled but I was going into work so I was around lads all the time so it was easy because they were my teammates I could bounce and have fun and but my wife couldn't she had a different network now of friends to find and that was the hardest thing so fast forward to now you're going to Toronto the other side of the world you're moving further away but you're also now the group of friends that you've made over the 15 years you've lived in the area you're now just going to go and throw that all away and go and live in Canada and it was we can't do it, can't do it. No matter how much it hurts me, I just can't do it. And the money was going to be okay, but it wasn't about the money. It was about my family and my family. uh, I need to make my family happy. So we stayed, but I stayed and I never had a club. So I wasn't training anywhere. I didn't have that daily routine of bouncing off teammates, picking yourself up. So I, I was training by myself. I was running up and down the canal and I did like... I used to run up and down the canal by hat and arms, like the park. Yeah. I thought suicide. Every time I run past one spot, straight away that spot to me would always resonate with, I just want to jump in. Really? Not come back up. Because the phone stops ringing. No one wants to help you. You just can't see any light at Can't the end. see any light. When's it going to come? Just darkness. But I didn't, I just kept running. And is that, is that, I guess, is that your identity was as a footballer, I my, guess? Yeah. And I'd always been brought up with people around me, but I'd always been brought up with talking to people and I don't know what it was, within the three months, the phone just stopped. Mm. And you think, where do I go? Like, this has been my life. What do I do? So then that's when I started doing my coaching badges. Yeah. I got in at Birmingham. Lucky enough for me, Lee Clark picked the phone up. We'd had a, um, an injury crisis at the back, defenders. We wanted you to come in and we want to look at the shape you're in. 
straight away I knew that was my chance. Right, I have to, yeah. when I go in there, I have to take this, or otherwise I don't know where I'm going or what I'm going to do. And I got in there, and luckily for me, it was... Six years then? I know. <laughs> and it was month-to-month contracts as well. So every time it was getting to the end of the contract, the month, I didn't know where I'd be. So every month... Jeez. You're singing for your supper almost every... <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, what's next, what's next, what's next? But because I'd put myself in the shop window with Birmingham, you were hoping the phone was going to yeah, ring. Yeah, sure. But it never. But luckily for me, my contract was renewed. Four months I did it for, so four months... And then, it, and, then it became and then it became end of season, and then it was yearly. Yearly deals, But yeah. that was my mentality and my attitude. But if I hadn't run past that canal on a daily basis and thought, no, just carry on going, it could have been different. That's and amazing. That's put me in that yeah. place of, no, I've been mentally strong throughout my career. I have a family to support. I can't do it. I've just got to keep, it, it will happen. That light at the end of the tunnel will happen for me. And then Lee Clark, the phone rang. And it was brilliant. This is this is what we're talking about, Robbo. Like this is where we don't want anybody to get down that line where they're thinking that we need somebody. Yeah. End of even like weeks before the end of the season. Do you know what I mean? Before it gets to that point where you have to start really shitting yourself. Is yeah. somebody has already spoke to you and gone right, mate? What's happening? Yeah, there's no no offers yet. That's cool, but like we can put there's another database of all these available players. Because yeah. even that, but even clubs looking for players, there isn't really an, a fucking database. For we, it. we we there isn't a database no, for no. it. There isn't. Like, it's just word of mouth. It's like, yeah. apparently he's out of contract. Is he? It's Is a good he, yeah. agent. Really? It's a good yeah. manager. We were speaking about, I won't say who it was, but there's a player that you used to play with and, and um, I think they're out of contract. And I said to you, that'd be perfect for Wrexham, wouldn't you? Perfect. And you were like, yeah, they would. And I was like, is that not something that you could take to the club? And you were like, yeah, potentially. Yeah, I would yeah. have to take it to the club. But though. also what these players have also got to look at is the money's never the same. So you've also got to go into this club where you're going to drop down yeah. and go, right, is it about just playing football or is it about money? You've got to forget about the money. Yeah. You've got to f- if you love the game, you will play football. So you will go wherever it is knowing that I'm loving my job and I love playing football. And that's what you've got to look at as well. You've got to stop thinking about what you earn because you're never going to earn that ever again. Yeah. You, you, always, you always hear, don't you? You're, you're a always, long time retired. Yeah. yeah. And that's the hardest thing for a football player as well is, is that they always want the same sort of money. They always want to be around, but it, it, it never happens. It, it's going to change. That's that yeah. ego bit, but isn't that's it? That's where that the is, ego, yeah. and that's the thing inside of that person is you've got to realise is why, why do you do it? You do it because you love the game. Right, okay, so I'm going to carry on. But I did it to 39 because I loved the game. Yeah. And I loved it because it hurt me that I wasn't playing and you knew... Yeah. I was getting frustrated and I was beating myself up even at the age of 38 or 39. But I looked at the bigger picture was is that, no, I've got to show an example to the younger players that are in this mm. squad of, right, this is how I train. This is how I want you to train. This is what I expect. This is when I'm in the gym. This is what I do in the gym. So you, so I'm showing now an example to the younger players that are in squads. This is how I want you to be. This is the attitude I want, you want. And then hopefully you'll have that longevity in your careers to go on and do really well. And ultimately that's that stood you in, in good stead for the coach. Yeah. Like you were saying earlier on about the reputation. Yeah. And, and you always do hear it. it, it the classic was 
England in the World Cup when they're saying about some people going Jordan Henderson. Oh, what, having him around the camp and like you oh, said James in Milner. the past, yeah. And you're going, no, no, you can't underestimate yeah. the value in worth in, their weight in gold, yeah. mate. A Paul Robinson, honestly, is worth their weight in gold. You've got like you will genuinely. There's a reason why you play till 39. There is. There's yeah. a reason why because yeah. you do it properly, mate. You do it properly. That's all it is. And a manager, a manager, what a manager basically wants from every single player, but you'll never get it is reliability. You need that guy to come in and be that seven out of ten. Not on a Saturday, I'm talking about Monday, yeah. and then on the Tuesday, yeah. and then on the Wednesday, and yeah. every single day relentlessly just doing that same job. And like I say, you don't get many of them, to be fair, yeah, but yeah. the players that do have that long long career, 39, 40, are the good ones. <laughs> it's true though, isn't yeah, it, mate? They're, they're you, the ones, like you say, they're not playing, but they're around the place being positive. Yeah. They're, being, they're, they're, like, they're communicating yeah. to the other players. Yeah, he's taking my position, but I, I, I'm going to help him. Yeah. I'm going to make him better. Upholding the standards, yeah. yeah. Because the the other thing which um, I think a lot of people will will maybe might occur in their mind is about friends in football, right? And this is something I've thought about. And then as the years go by, you kind of understand the dynamic. So you go to a football club, right? You've got 30, 40 potentially mates, physios, doctors, other players, coaches, etc. When the phone stops ringing and you retire, people might go, well, what about his mates at the football club? And yeah, you might have a couple of good pals, but... You think, like, if you played for five or six clubs, there's five or six lots of 40, 50, yeah. 60 people. Yeah. And it's kind of like just a carousel, isn't it? You go and they've been your mates and they are your mates, and you, but you wave them off and... It's just the way it goes. And about one or two, maybe. Unfortunately, it's the way it is. Yeah. It's, it's sad. It is sad that it's like you're left on your own again to go and find your other job or go on somewhere else and do something different. It's you're not going to get that help from that person because they're in a job. And they're 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 okay. Yeah, but and not even fine. that. They've, they've got their own like basically life to lead as well. You can't expect them. Yeah, yeah. this is why I don't yeah. think it should fall on like players, play your teammates and stuff. This is where I think there is a there's a duty there's of a care. Duty of care. There's a duty yeah. of care from somebody. And I do, Robert. I think you're absolutely perfect for this. I swear to you, I do. I think you're absolutely perfect for this. Um, I want to talk about the here and now. Then Millwall. Yes. Um, so, like I say, I said it earlier in the show that we are um, in the middle of off season, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, most footballers, when when the season finishes, footballers and coaches, managers, for example, um, will normally get about six weeks off. Yeah. Normally get about six weeks off. Um, you are uh, uh, like most footballers at the minute, they're sort of counting down the days at the minute, aren't you? So when do you go back and um, and how does that look? Yeah, we're back in the 28th now. Um, What's that, so, a week so away? Long, week away. Oh. 20th uh, of oh, I know for a fact you are all, looking at your watch every day. Every going, day. Oh, God. Every morning I wake up and oh, I'm like, God. oh, one more day down, one more day down. Um, but no, it's it's been a real good break. I, I love my family time. I love that switch off. I love going to... Places where I don't bump into footballers. No yeah, offense, it's Fuzzy. true though, mate. But, I'm the same. But, but I want to go to them places. Yeah, but we only, like I say, we go to places where we will catch up yeah. and have a few drinks. <laughs> to be fair, I do see no Robbo. I do see Robbo most Sundays because our sons. Our actually, sons, I've got yeah. a funny story in a minute. Actually, <laughs> that I'm going to tell. Our son, <laughs> our son, you you keep going, but our sons play for the same Sunday football league team. So carry on. Sorry, yeah, but you were there. obviously we're back in the 28th, and then yeah, it's full on pre-season. You know, it's like it's tough. It's a grind. We'll we'll go away um, to Spain. We're going for a few days. Uh, so warm weather training for the lads and then and then games as soon as we get back it's it's games getting ready for the season to go again obviously fixture list is out Thursday yeah. so first thing I look for is Christmas period yeah because standard that's the that's the, the brutal one for me is <laughs> where we travel in where we go in yeah. um, because 
they 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 like throwing us up north at Christmas time. Yeah. So a Birmingham yeah, City you, away on, on Boxing Day. I'd oh love that. my god! Oh, West Brom, West Brom, oh, Birmingham, Coventry, oh, my god, boom. So listen, oh, put you've it got out a few there. I'm going to put it out there now. You? Live is like, yeah, right. I really want to be at Christmas <laughs> in the Midlands area. So yeah. Birmingham and then Cobble or something. Oh my god! And what about Millwall? Uh so you know these stories of you always hear Pulis, Warnock stories of the the kind of pre-seasons yeah are those old kind of beasting sessions are they a thing of the past or there's more football now yeah so yeah. it's it's never the days of where you'll come in and go no balls today lads and you're like oh here we go oh no here we go <laughs> no boots today no boots today that's the most boots no boots today for me that's that's your mental test and i think you need that because the season's so grueling i always think you have to have them days where you're challenging the players and coaches as well because you know you're going to get the players that are going to go, oh, well, I don't really want to do that today. You're doing it. Just get on with it. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine you pushing quite this. You get up that hill, because if I beat you up there, then you're going to do it again Damn and right. again. Damn right. Do you know what? Yeah. I bet you would, though, because you've been retired for a while now. Yeah. But I'll see pictures of you on Instagram running with, like, a 20-kilo vest. And I'm yeah. thinking, this guy's, this guy's meant to be retired. Army, what is he doing? Yeah. Army, mate. He's like an army sergeant or something. I'd love to know. In my head now, because obviously, like, when you retire and you think of things that you can... I love running so I love running I love going on like yeah, the peloton yeah. I love beasting it I'd love to do a nine man that's, that's my goal but it's getting the time it's getting the time to do it because obviously I travel to Millwall um, and it gets late at night you always think after the coaching you think Phew. but I will I go for like 15 to 20k run just in the evening. Oh, I no, want to do it. But then again, but then again though, you've got to do the bike and you've got to do a swim a sea swimming for me just that's my is that the weak one yeah, Achilles that's the weak one that's my Achilles hill the week, yeah. Like, I always just think of it, and is it was it like a hundred eighteen or hundred twelve mile bike ride, yeah. and a, a silly swim, and then yeah. you go, oh, let's just top it off with a marathon, Two shall and a half we? Mile yeah. swim, isn't it? See a bike and a and a run, I could do. I think I could do it, but it'd be in my head. I'd go right. I've got a time in my head. I need to do that time, but the swimming that that's the one for me. It's like. Mate, I was going to do. I was going to do a triathlon um, this See, summer. Do it with you. This summer, if you want to do one, I'll do <laughs> it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. We'll do it. Honestly, I don't. Do you we'll know do what? It. Do you know what? So the lads that I was going to do it with, obviously football. I started playing football again, so it got right in the way. I just yeah. like, training. I couldn't do it. All right, sorry, lads, I can't do it. Right. Anyway, um, the lads that did it said it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. Right. But um, they were explaining to me the swimming. They were like, "You could swim," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not bad. To be fair, you know, I can chuck out a few, you know, lamps in the pool and stuff, whatever." Um, they were like, "Well, this is this is like an open water swim," um, and I'm like. Off the coast of Wales. Yeah, that, that should be all right. And they're like, no, it's completely different. I mean, completely different. And they're like, why? And so you've got to swim out. Obviously, you've got the waves smashing you. And then you've got to, all, you've got to get over the thought of, if you struggle, you know that you're going to sink. Yeah. yeah? You're in the ocean here. Yeah. You're going to sink. Yeah. And it got in my head, Robbo. Yeah. Honestly, right? The thought of swimming out somewhere. And if something happened and I panic up or something like, yeah. I'm thinking... Who's going to save me? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if you're in a pool, you just put your feet on put the bottom. Feet on bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you just get out. You climb to the side. You it got out. in my head, Robert. See, the sea, I'm the same. It's like, it's that. Oh, mate. When you're on holiday and you go and jump in the sea and you go just a certain way and you think, well, these, these waves are quite strong. Yeah. You think of swimming out Against and knowing it. that you're going to get tired at one point yep. and you're just going to be floating yep. there. Have yeah. you ever done that when you when you think, that doesn't look far, I'll swim there? Yeah. And I've you go it. and think, I fucked up. It. And then yeah. I turned around and looked how far the beach was to get back to it and <laughs> oh, I thought, shit. oh my God. I may as well just keep going I'm in now. trouble. Yeah. Wait for the lifeboat to come and get me. Please. You just, so yeah. no, I ain't so that's, doing it, That's mate. my fault, but I want to do it. I'm going to do it. I will do it. I'm pretty sure you will, mate, I to will be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I've got a question about... Um, 
footballers, modern day footballers, right? Yes. So you are of a of an ilk of footballer, like I described earlier, somebody who just, you know, you're no problem, basically. You're no hassle. You're, you're an absolute golden egg to have in the changing rooms. What have you seen the biggest difference between modern day footballers and the era where you grew up, where people just kind of, I don't know, what's the word, just got on with it, basically? Yeah, I, I find is the listening, the, the concentration. I find that they switch off too quickly. Yeah. I find that when you're coaching them sometimes, and, and, and Millwall got great lads because I'm constantly on at them, but I think you've got to be that person. I think with the young lads, you've got to be on them. Yeah. And if they hate you, I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to be on at you because I see potential and I see that you're going to do really well. Yeah. So I'm not going to let up. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep driving you. I'm going to keep pushing you. And that's that's the way I would be with a younger lad. But yeah. for me, it's like the, the, the mentality is totally different. Yeah, that's the key. But I... that's where social media... Well, we never had the technology no, that's true. around yeah, now it's true, because it's it? a total different generation. You've also got to to work around that. Is understanding that they're always on their phones. So if attention span oh. is probably like you you alluded to it earlier on, Ben. If attention span and kind of focus is a thing, what are they like these days with like the more tactical side? So if you're in a room and doing a tactical session, it might be reviewing tape of a game or yeah. you know the day before something like that. Is that Kind of, is it harder to engage with players on that level as well? Not really, because the individual stuff that I would go through with the lads is it's just of them. It's not a team okay. one. So I'll spend time with them going through their game. So I'll watch their clips. I'll go through it with the analysis guy. Right, clip this, clip this, put this together for them. Like good, good stuff and bad stuff because I want them to understand the bad stuff, like positioning, body shape. Is like is again one v one defending. You didn't sort your feet out. That sort of stuff. So I'll, I'll be, I'll literally be anal with it yeah. of, right, this is what I would have wanted as a player. Um, so I'll sit down with them and I'll go through it and we'll sit there and we'll agree to disagree, but they'll know, right, okay, well, this is what's expected of me. This is where I want to play in the Premier League. Well, if you're going to come up against that winger, you can't defend like that. Quite and that's what you've, yeah. got, you've got to give them the realism of it. And that, that's what it is. So, so yeah, I'll sit down individually and work with the players themselves as well, the younger lads at the uh, club. Can I can I tell this funny story from? Um, Please. So right, like I say, our, our sons play for the same <laughs> Sunday league team, right? And oh, um, I will most of the time I'll be stood next to Robbo, we'll be watching, and our kids play in the Birmingham league, right? So Birmingham league, it's it's a bit rough and ready, isn't yeah, it? Is, you yeah. get you get some sort of you get some spicy teams, some tasty teams, you, in you there. get some spicy so, players, to yeah. be honest, and with you, parents, yeah? yeah, and parents as well, actually, shambles, honestly. But some of the lads that you come up against, you. See you see little kind of like tearaways basically right who n like nothing more than to just run around the pitch trying to kick people yeah mm. and I'll be stood next to Robbo and knowing the sort of player that Robbo is and to be fair I'm, I'm a bit like it as well right is if I'm playing football and I'm playing against a player who I can see is just running around just trying to kick people niggling elbowing doing all these little things right I very much the same as you would be kind of just thinking all right mate i'll bide my time yeah I'll, i'm fully aware of it i'll be watching it and when you're coming in i'll see you at the corner of my eye and i'll make sure that i jump out of the way and stuff like that right and the we are watching these kids do it and i'll be nudging him and i'll see him gritting his teeth right <laughs> he's grit <laughs> robbo will be gritting his teeth right and i'll be going oh and he will go oh, fuzzy oh my god don't he would have been emptied by now. <laughs> <laughs> That's locked. That's locked. That's in the back of my mind. That even though you know you, you like you wanted to do it fairly, and I've had a few over the like my like my career where I've I've hurt players, not maliciously, yeah. never an intention. Um, it's just my enthusiastic to win the ball. But if I've got a kid out there and he's just he's got no intention of going for the ball, uh, that's locked. Yeah. Right? I'm locking you. Yeah. Even if it was a player. 
right, you're getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next tackle, when that ball's there, you are getting it. It's in it. the little black ball. Yeah, 50 50, I'm smashing you. I'm taking the ball and then I'm going through you. Do you know what? Because he'd do it to you. Yeah, he would have done it to me. Yeah, yeah he'd, he'd do done it to you. Me, yeah. you're, not, you're not bullying yeah. somebody. So yeah. you protect yourself. Exactly but that. I was, always, I was always the player that, like Fozzie said before, for my team, I would take, I would take getting hurt for my team. Hmm. That's the title player I was. If it was a ball that was there and I knew I was never going to win it and he had the advantage over me and I could see him slowing down to come in for me, I'd just take it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. even at the even at the, the the top level, Premier League level, right, yeah. you will get players that are, are bullies and stuff. Now, will it fall upon one or two players in a team to kind of go I, for my team, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it him. I'm gonna show him because maybe some of the other players won't. Is that still a kind oh. of responsibility thing for players? There was also, there was also times though you'd win it in the tunnel. So for me, it's like when you looked at players like Roy Keane, he'd win it in the tunnel because yeah. of the way he'd come out, and everyone would be like, "Snarling, oh, no, he's not in a good mood today. <laughs> I'm not going in for a tackle with him." So you knew <laughs> straight away, you genuinely, genuinely, like Patrick Vieira's, like the big presence of teams that they had, the players they had. You'd look at them and they were like, right, you're getting it today, like that. And you'd be thinking, oh, no, please, please don't. But that's the, but that's how you won games sometimes as well. If I knew I was kind of against the winger, I was going to go, you better be out here today when I walked past them, just to get in their head a little bit, yeah. thinking, Gee, oh, dear, I don't really want to play against him today. Does it bog your head a little bit, right, when you see these players who will do anything to not get hurt yeah. or to not yeah, put they go the other side of the pitch. They go the other side of the change their position. How, how much does it boggle? It's, I'd it's start crazy. laughing, though. I'd laugh on the pitch because I'd be like, I've got in your head. I know where you're going. You don't want to come and play against me today like that. But how much does it infuriate there when that player is on your team and you see him jumping out of tackles? I know. Oh, I'll go mate. mad. Oh, mate, it's horrible. Yeah. That's full-on argument, honestly. I will, like I'm saying, I will take, if it means saving it, I would let somebody kick me in the face. I will take a kick in the face happily, yeah? It's not a problem to me. It is what it is. It's just part of your job. Yeah. It is literally just part of your job. Players will, and I've seen goalies do it as well, quite literally move out of the way and let something go in just so that they don't get hurt. And I'm thinking, well, you're just built differently to me, mate. What you makes are. me laugh is then they get up and blame someone else and you're staring Without at them going, yeah. it's your fault. Yeah. It's your fault. Don't blame anyone else. It's you. <laughs> so you're staring at that person and he's looking around going, what, what are you doing? Why'd you move out of the way? And you're like, hold on a minute. You're straight down the line. What are you, what, what, what are you talking about? So, so here's the big question then. So you, we always hear it. This cold Tuesday night in Stoke or a Friday night at oh, Turf it's his favourite. At Turf it's his favourite. Oh. Right. So with, the nights he lives for. Right. So with those nights, is it is it a thing where you get a Spanish winger, Italian winger, and it's November and it's cold? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and is that genuinely the British lads can deal with things better? Is that it's climatising, yeah. yeah. I think I think foreign players adapt sort of a bit later than what we're used to it. It's like if we went out there, we'd struggle to plan heat. Yeah. We would. Because yeah, it, we, we'd fair. be like, oh, yeah. God, this is so hot, I'm not used to it. Whereas they're like zipping it all oh, over yeah. the place. Gloves on, hats shadows. on, everything. They're Whereas you come, you, you come to England and the weather, you never know what to expect. And when it's cold, it is cold. Yeah. So you know if you've got a foreign player on your team, but you know he's got good quality, you're like, he's not turning up today. It's too cold. Really? Yeah, you can see it already. You can see that he's he's warming up with like hats, gloves, yeah, snood, yeah, yeah, yeah. bottoms. Were you a gloves guy? Oh, I'll be, I, uh, yeah. I can't even ask that. God, even even now with my kids, they go and wear like they wear gloves to go to training, and I just stare at them. I don't say nothing. I just stare at them. I'm like, give them the middle yeah. of December watching them play. He's in shorts and t-shirts, and they just walk back upstairs <laughs> and take them off. Not even that. It's like when they're training them, and I just go like that. No, nope. what are you doing? No, nope. nope. I don't know if you're the same. Like with your missuses and stuff, like it can be March and it's 13 degrees, and my missus is going, "Have you got your skins on?" And I'm going, "Stop." 
Just yeah, stop. Come on. Like it's... come on, we'll be all right. Um Robbo, I wanna take I wanna I wanna mention a date to you, okay? Oh, I wanna mention oh. a date. So you've had an uh, you've had an incredible career, right? Yeah. Um seven hundred and ten competitive games, two hundred and six of which in the Premier League at the top, top level. Seventeen goals? Um I wanna take you to one particular date <laughs> though, okay? Mm. Uh the tenth of April, two thousand and five. Yeah, I like it. You don't know what this is, do you? No, I don't. 10th of April, 2005. It's the 90th minute. You're playing for West Brom. Yes, Villa. Away at Aston Villa. Big Ricardo Skimmaker puts yeah. the ball to the back post about, yeah. what, 10 yards out, slightly on the angle? Yeah. Robbo taught me for it. Oh, what a day. To be fair, I wasn't even going to go forward. Brian Robson was screaming at me. Stay forward, back. Get forward. Robert, he was shouting on the touchline. Literally, Jeff Orsfield. I don't know if you see it, like the footage. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff Orsfield's Orsfield. like, he's like, get forward. He's behind Brian Robson. So I've just, you know, we, the play's building up down the right hand side between Zoltan and Ricardo. They're playing little one-twos. And the next thing I'm thinking, oh, I'll tell you what. I don't know who was on the back. I think it was Mark Delaney was on the back post. He was a fullback, right fullback at the time. And he had his back turned. And this Oof. is where I'm talking about defenders. He's like, you've always got to know what's around you. Body shape. Body shape. Yeah. So I knew wherever I make my run here, he has no idea where I'm going. So obviously Ricardo's got in the position. He's dinked it to the back and he's taken a flick off. It was either Melberg or Larson's yeah, head, yeah. the centre half. And, and that's it for me. My eyes have lit up. But then I'm <laughs> thinking, my eyes are lit up, but I'm also thinking in my head, just get good connection on it because <laughs> it's going to end up in the back of the net. And obviously Sorosan was in goal yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And then Mark Delaney has no idea. So I've just timed a run perfectly and I've just seen the cross and I've just like bang straight away. That was it. But the funny thing about it was we didn't know what it meant, the goal. So it took us out the bottom three at the time yeah. and we've been bottom all year on 10 points. So that was the year. Was this the greatest? The great escape year. Yeah, with Rob's, yeah, 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 it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. last game of season. That's right. Yeah. And we never, like, we never knew what it meant until we got on the coach. And literally, when we seen the table on the coach, the bus erupted. Oh, it was like a party bus. Yeah. Everyone was, like, dancing. Everyone was singing, knowing that we had to go to Man United the next week <laughs> and think, right, well, we still got to go there and get a result, but we're out the, we're out the bottom now, three. For now, so, we can like, breathe. For a psychology point of view, yeah. we knew the teams below us now were like, oh, no. Like, they're actually on the run here. Yeah, yeah. They're, on, they're on, like, the up. Whereas now we've got to try and chase them. And our game wasn't until 5.30 as well in the evening. Oh. So we knew that the other teams were playing before and we went and got a point at Man United as well. Oh, that's, been crazy. That's, it. that's the psychology that, of it, yeah, isn't it? it that's is. what it gives you, momentum. Yeah, for players like teams, if you're around the bottom half of the table and you're in the relegation zone, but the point was massive and we didn't know that until we got on the coach. But yeah, what I made, I, that, I got a Goal of the season, yes, trophy, and everything. Of course, did you did. It. Well, it's against Villa as well. And against Villa, it's against yeah. Villa. Like massive rivals. derby, proper, proper so, derby. Yeah, that is six, as well. By the way, a place at home on the shelf. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Love you it. mentioned a player there. I've got to ask about him because I want to know what he's like. Jeff Horsfield, animal. I knew. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to say that. Great guy. What a character. Yeah. I mean, what a great character. Over his dressing room, proper Yorkshire lad. Yeah. He would like come on. Like he would put himself around. And he would he would like bully defenders, knowing that other players couldn't do it in our team. And he just yeah, he was the emphasis of our changer of like character and togetherness. Tough, great, great team, great team at the time. Real yeah, good togetherness, yeah. Zoltan yeah. Gerrard was player. a player. Zoltan, Rob, Robert Corran, Jonathan Greening, yeah, Ricardo Schimmicker, Darren Purse. Oh wow, like, yeah. Um, Kieran Richardson, who we signed on loan that year, was outstanding. 
Um, Jeff, so did you Kenner? Have goal? Jeff Kenner was there at Birmingham. Did you have no? Jeff, Jeff was Jeff was there before me. Yeah. Who was yeah. in goal? In goal was, was it Russell uh, Holt? Russell Holt. Russell, that's it was Russell Holt. Yeah. Thomas, yeah. Thomas Kuzak. That's Sebby Gun. Sebby Stepdad. Yeah. 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 Thomas. Uh, Thomas Kuzak. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Real good, real good team, real good togetherness. And Brian Robson was that type of guy as well. And oh, Nigel yeah. Pearson was his assistant. Was it? Craig Shakespeare was first oh, team coach. Shaky, what a guy! So for like the coaching staff and players, we had like that togetherness. Was it, it just got us over the line? Kevin Campbell, what a leader he was. Yeah, he come in, yeah, he yeah. changed things. I'd love to get Kevin Campbell on. Kevin Campbell he's, would be a good one. He's he great. speaks really. He does a lot of talk sports. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. Really really get him on. Get him, get him on. Like, what a guy. Um, Have we got, I've got... Hold on, sorry, quickly. I've got... So, like I just said there, 710 competitive games, Robbo. 206 at the top level in the Prem. Hmm. What is it that gave you that long career? What would you say is your one biggest asset that everybody went, yep, he can play on Saturday? I think it was my mindset. Yeah, just I had that mindset of, I'll do everything I can. I'll look after myself the right way. I, I, I knew my body as well. I knew the times when I knew I had to be careful. I knew I had to take a little bit more care with myself in the gym. So I'd have my own gym program different to others because of my age and the way I looked after my body. Mm. And I think it is, I think it's a, it's a mentality. It's a mindset thing. Take all the ability, take all the skill in the world. Heart. It makes no difference. Does it? You got yeah. to have, yeah. You've got, to you've got to have all, you, all your ability. I've seen players that have had all the ability and they've gone down because their mind's been elsewhere. Oh, I love that rubber. Fantastic. Should we do some quick fires? Yeah, come on, let's do some quick fires. Go on, Fozzie, kick us off. Um, I haven't got them up. You're going to have to get them up. I've got them on the yeah, notes. I'll share, share my laptop. I've got about 1,000 uh, golf video uh, notes in, <laughs> in between. Somebody. <laughs> All right, come on, then. Um, here's on, one for you. Um, what's your bucket list sporting event to go to as a fan? Oh, I'd love to go to Wimbledon. Yeah. I'd love oh, to go yeah. ride a cup. Oh, oh yeah. Ride yeah. A cup. Either in U- USA or in Europe. Yeah, that'd be, that'd good. be good. Yeah, Final day. Rider Cup, oh, right like yeah. when it's tight. Do you know yeah. what? We always say it's always Augusta. Yeah. It's normally Augusta golf, yeah. but Rider Cup. But Rider Cup. You, you, know? you imagine? You imagine if you were there for like, um, was it Maidana? Was it and yeah. Poulter and all what, that? What's like. it called? That one. The, the miracle of Maidana. Maidana. It wasn't Maidana. It's Medina. 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 That's it. Medina, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, another one on that. Sorry, the tennis with the Wimbledon one because I don't know if you like Netflix. If you watch Breakpoint, no, I haven't seen it. If you watch some of them, so like. Kyrgios, the tennis player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad, isn't he? I love him. Yeah. I love him because he doesn't care yeah. and he breaks all the rules, but he's got that mentality and he's had p- mental health problems yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I want to go and watch the tennis, just to watch them type of players. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next that. question then. This is a good one. Greatest sports person of all time. Your f- greatest sports Maradona. person. Oh, wow. Yeah, Maradona. Okay. Love I like it. it. I'm all over this, Robbo. Straight out there with it. Um, who is the best player you've ever played with? Oh, well, my two mates, obviously, Kev Phillips as a striker. Oh, fuck. A joke. Jonathan Greenan as a midfield player. Yeah, just lovely. Like he, was he, was he was underrated. Yeah. Uh, Gary Cahill and Jack Wiltshire. Oh, they're good ones. Yeah, Ford. Bolton. Bolton, yeah. Bolton, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Um, how good was Jason Kumas? Oh, was he? Yeah, joke. Because obviously we played, just, we played for baggies and everybody that I've ever been like, there. Just, it was all, such a shame. Yeah. They, they all said he was just like if he if like say mentality if yeah. he had that mentality in the heart and the will to do it like properly every single day he could have been anything right yeah. well beater he's oh, a joke Jason Kumas what a player he is by the way yeah, yeah. Um, idol growing up uh, Paolo Maldini Stuart Pearce 
a lot of fullback positions, defenders. <laughs> <Sicko. laughs> two, two, quite, two quite different ones, though, yeah. isn't there? If you throw Only Joey Barton in there, then no, it's no, a clean no. three. <laughs> Maldini, Schurpes. We need someone in the middle here. Yeah, Paul Gascoigne. Gaza. Gaza as well. They were, they were my three that I used to love watching. Yeah. Uh, I didn't ask you the favourite goalie. Who's the favourite goalie you played with? Uh, well, I obviously didn't get to play with you, mate. Obviously, yeah. But um, goalie-wise, Alec Chamberlain. Yeah, Rob, Rob nice. Oh, and uh, uh, Dean Kiley. Oh, I love that. There's a couple. Lives around the corner as very, well, didn't yeah, Very strong Kiley. goalies there, yeah. mate. I like that. Like, uh, good guys as well. Uh, you got any secret talents? Anything that you're unbelievably good at that people probably would uh, not know? Not really, no. I just like trying everything. Yeah. I'm the type of guy who likes trying whatever. And just goes on 20k runs whenever he feels like it. Yeah. Um, if you could live the day in a life of anybody ever, who would it be? Um, Jason Statham. <laughs> Do you know why? Because I love him as an actor. He's my favourite actor. Yeah. You know, just because he's that like action man. Yeah, yeah. What a smooth dude. Yeah, Every time I see him, I just think smooth. He's married yeah. to Rosie Huntington Whiteley as well. Yeah, isn't yeah. yeah, I'm married to a beautiful woman. Obviously, no, don't touch it. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't touch the sides of Caroline. Yeah, obviously, I just love to like live his life for like just one day, just to see what he does. <laughs> Doing a fast movie or yeah, something. We've yeah. never had Jason like, Statham. Come no, out I, I don't think I like we'll ever it, have it again. But that's good. Yeah. Um, what about uh, from teammates across your career? The one player you'd most like to have on your team in a quiz? Oh. Oh, well, definitely not Jonathan Greening. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that's a good one, that. Uh, intelligent footballers. Intelligent what footballers. What did Nick Pope say? He basically said none of them. Yeah, they're no, all no, absolutely. Who did he say? Kevin Davis at Bolton. Kevin oh, Davis? Yeah, I go okay. Kevin Davis. Proper yeah, he's an intelligent player. guy. Is he? Yeah, he was a proper player. He's always a smart smart lad off the pitch handful do you know what that handful. Bolton team right? I'd have loved to have been oh playing in God, that Bolton Kevin team Davis. I would I have I'd, would. Have, I'd have loved to have played yeah, in that Bolton team, team. get it forward get it long get, get it around big Kev Davis as well. Go you big Yussi big Yussi even what? though he curly kicked it out of play yeah, a few did. times he had a big old curly he banana did. for it didn't but he but for, what a goalie though what a goalie yeah and final question mate the one they all want to know what is your cheat meal your go to if you had to go right kids we're getting tonight for dinner uh, I do like a chicken tikka masala. Oh, curry, yeah? Yeah, curry. Oh, over that, curry. All the yeah. trimmings, we're talking poppered yeah. arms, keem and arms, rice, pilau. barges. Oh. Yeah, and a, and a oh. yeah, got to be a beer a as well with it. little kingfishes. King so he's on the way, yeah. Oh. Oh, Robbo, that was Brilliant. absolutely world-class, mate. Thank you so um, much. Thank you for coming nah, Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, I know really it's not a long it. journey, but we do. We thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it, mate, and you're the man. And um, by the way, anybody, if you have watched this today, anybody that might be kind of in a similar situation, there's people you can talk to for sure, isn't it? We'll mm. put links. We'll put links at the uh, in the top of the description down below. Um, yeah, just go and talk to somebody. It's not hard, honestly. Ego aside, I should have done it with you, to be fair. But ego aside, talk to somebody, all right? Up the Fozcast. Up the Fozcast. Up the Fozcast. Go on, Robbo. Yeah. Well done, mate. Well done, brilliant. Very good. Cheers, fellas. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of the Fozcast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Spotify. Up the Fozcast. <laughs>